I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. O Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forevermore. Amen. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. As you know, the, um, hey Christian, good morning. As you know, the song that we have been learning on uh on Sunday mornings throughout the series is the cause of Christ. And so um, I'll sing that and hopefully it will be be familiar to you if you are a part of our church, but if not, um, learn it over this time of devotion. The only thing I want in life is to be known for love in Christ, to build his church, to love his bride, and make his name known far and wide. For this cause I live, for this cause I die, I surrender all for the Help us to watch and pray, Jesus. Help us, help our hearts to wonder today. Our psalm is Psalm 40, 1 through 6. I waited patiently upon the Lord. He stooped to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the desolate pit, out of the mire and the clay. He set my feet upon a high cliff and made my footing sure. 
He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many shall see and stand in awe and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are they who trust in the Lord. They do not resort to evil spirits or turn to false gods. Great things are they that, have, that you have done, O Lord my God. How great your wonders are, how great your plans are for me. There is none who can be compared with you. Oh, that I can make them known and tell them, but they are more than I can count. Help us to watch and pray, Jesus. Prepare our hearts to wonder. We're going to move today through um, the next section of Acts. And so the last time we did this, you know, morning prayer, Bible study in 20 minutes or less, we covered Acts, one, Acts 2 through 4. And today we're going to be um, starting with Acts 5. Um, rather than reading Acts 5, because we didn't cover this in service either, um, if you remember where we left off in, in Acts 4, you know, the people have gathered in their homes. They're starting to, um, the church is growing. It's growing from 3,000 to 5,000. Um, and it says that Peter and Paul um, begin to make, I'm sorry, um, it says that Peter and John begin to make people mad. Um, at the gates of Jerusalem, um, they're preaching and they're arrested and they take them before the Sadducees, but they are eventually let go. And so this is the first, the first inkling of persecution, the first inkling of dissatisfaction and discord um, in the Acts story. And then in Acts 5, it says that it just gets worse. Um, throughout Acts 5, the apostles are healing many people. The apostles are preaching all over the place. Um, and it says that they are persecuted, they're arrested. Um, and then we get to Acts 6, which is where we, um, where we were two weeks ago in worship when we meet Stephen. And this is where their arrest becomes a reality of torture and eventually death. And so we're going to read Acts 6 and 7 today, and then I'll talk a little bit about Acts 8. <clears throat> now, during those days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to just wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word." What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, together with Philip and a number of other people, six other men. And they had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on these men. The word of God continued to spread, and the number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And then this is when Stephen starts preaching. Stephen, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs. And then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freemen, the uh, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and others um, from Caesarea and Asia, stood up and argued with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. Then they secretly instigated some men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God, they stirred up the people as well as the elders and the scribes, and then they suddenly confronted him, seized him, and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses 
to, um, to say about him, this man never stopped saying things against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses handed on to us. And all who sat at the council looked intently at him, and they saw that his face was like an angel, though. Then the high priest asked him, are these things true that they say about you? And then this is when Stephen starts preaching. This is the part we didn't read in worship on Sunday, but I'm going to read it now because what he preaches is pretty incredible. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our ancestor Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran and said to him, leave your country and your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. Then he left the country of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After his father died, God had had him move from there to this country in which you are now living. He did not give him any of it as a heritage, not even a foot's length, but promised to give it to him as his possession and to his descendants after him, even though he had no child. And God spoke in the terms that his descendants would be resident aliens in a country belonging to others who would enslave them and mistreat them during 400 years. But I will judge the nation as they serve, said God, and after that they shall come out and worship me in this place. Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob, the 12 patriots. Do you see a, do you see a trend here of what, what they're talking about? Um, he's telling the story of God's people. He, they ask him, are these charges against you true? And his response to them is by telling them the entire salvation narrative. Continuing in verse 9, the, patri the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt, but God was with him. Um, and it keeps going. But as the time drew near for the fulfillment of the promise that God had made to Abraham, our people in Egypt increased and multiplied under another king who had not known Joseph ruled over Egypt. He dealt craftily with our race and forced our ancestors to abandon their infants so that they would um, so that they would die. I'm going to move forward through this story because as you know, this is the entire story of salvation. Now when 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning bush. And when Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. And as he approached to look, there was a voice from God. I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we're going to move forward. It was with this Moses in verse 35, it was with this Moses whom they rejected when they said, who made you a ruler and a judge and whom God now sent as both ruler and liberator through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. <clears throat> Move forward um, to verse 44. Our ancestors had the tent of testimony in the wilderness as God directed when he spoke to Moses, ordering him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. Our ancestors in turn brought it in with Joshua when they displayed um, dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our ancestors. And it was there until the time of David who found favor with God and asked that he might find a dwelling place for the house. We're at King David now, you know, we've gone through Abraham and Moses and now we're at King David um, who found favor with God and asked that he might find a dwelling place for the house of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the most high does not dwell in houses made with human hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people. This is when he gets serious. 
Stephen finally says, you stiff neck people here at, um, who have me on trial, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you are forever opposing the Holy Spirit just as your ancestors used to. So this whole story of Abraham and Moses and David was to tell the story of you are you are opposing God just as everyone has. This is nothing new. I'm not, I'm I'm actually not very impressed by this. I'm not surprised by this. Everybody does this. They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, and now you have become his betrayers and his murderers. You are the ones that received the law as ordained by angels, and yet you have not kept it. When they heard these things, and we know how the story of Stephen ends, they became enraged and they ground their teeth. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed up into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, who will become very important in two chapters from now. Saul becomes Paul, but Saul is involved in the murder of Stephen. And while they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he knelt down and he cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Who else does that sound like? Sounds like Jesus. And then chapter eight, not going to read it today, but chapter eight is the story of Philip, which we just learned this past week in worship. And Philip, who also ends up becoming persecuted, um, both Stephen and Philip as deacons in the early church over serving the poor. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today, I, um, I want to just zero in on one little piece. Um, at the... <clears throat> At verse 51, it says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you're forever opposing the Holy Spirit, and they killed those who foretold of the coming of the righteous one. Wonder what it wonder what it looks like for you to oppose the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, we, we, we truly, we should be talking about it, um, the Holy Spirit much more than we do, but I wonder what, how are you stiff-necked? How have, how have you been stiff-necked? How have you been a stiff-necked person over the last week, over the last month, over the last year, as maybe perhaps throughout your entire Christian journey? Um, how have you been opposing the Holy Spirit? And he says this right after he tells the entire story of God, that God showed up to Abraham in just simple ways, and God showed up to Moses in just simple ways, and God showed up to David in such simple ways. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, that nudging, that nudging that helps um, lead you into new territory, that presses you into to be bold when, when, when it doesn't seem like boldness is an option, um, that, that teaches you to find forgiveness when forgiveness doesn't seem like an option, that lifts you out of depression when depression seems to be the only thing you can see or feel or taste or... Um, I. I how are you, how have you resisted the Holy Spirit? How has God reached out a hand to you in very simple ways? Um, through people, through um, opportunities, through um, through just that sense of God's love that um, maybe that's just the sun shining in through the window in the morning. And, and you haven't allowed it to kind of just overtake you. You haven't allowed it to change you. You haven't but you just kind of ignore it. I want. I wonder how you do that. I wonder if you have done that. I know I've done it. I know I have not made room for the Holy Spirit to work in my life and to surprise me 
and to to open my eyes to new things and so that's that's Stephen's indictment of 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 these people is that these stiff-necked people look at you opposing the Holy Spirit help us to watch and pray Jesus and prepare our hearts to wonder in the words of the 13th century poet and mystic Hadowich he writes the madness of love is a blessed fate and if we understood this we would seek no other thing it brings into unity what was divided and this is the truth bitterness it makes sweet it makes the stranger a neighbor and what was lowly it raises on high would you pray with me god we know you are working in our lives you are showing up in little ways and big ways and ways all in between and uh, because we get lost in the idea that that we make things happen and that all of this kind of just settles into our own control and falls under our own control we neglect to realize when the miracle of your spirit among us we neglect to realize that in the ordinary and in the big but definitely in the ordinary that you show up and you you lead us and you nudge us your spirit never forsakes us I know that that is a it's a incredibly hard thing for people in kind of DC metro up and coming area to 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 wrap their minds around to truly believe that that God's presence is is with them and is nudging them and is pushing them it's hard it's hard God to to know what that is and where it is and 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 how you act in our lives and so we we say we don't sense God or 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 other people may experience the presence of God, but we, we don't even know what that means. God, forgive us for the ways we've opposed your Holy Spirit just by not seeing what you see, the, the people you love and the beauty of your creation and the, the subtle opportunities and glances and chances of seeing you and living into your spirit we want to tune into those things we want to we want to turn down the noise we want to turn down the noise all the other noises so that we can hear your voice we can sense your spirit we need that god we need you to sustain us we pray all of this in the name of jesus who taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again and to our doors. Have a good week and I hope to see you at worship this Sunday. There is peace at the table of the Lord. There is peace at